Welcome to Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with Alexia Leachman, the weekly nine-month podcast to help parents-to-be look forward to their fear-free childbirth. Alexia is a pregnancy and head trash clearance coach and the author of Fear Free Childbirth, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy and a Positive Pain-Free Birth. As a mum who's had two fear-free and pain-free births, Alexia wants to share with you how she overcame her pregnancy and childbirth fears so that you can look forward to having a fear-free birth too. Over the nine-month life of this podcast, Alexia will be sharing some real-life stories from mums and dads, insights into the latest childbirth research, inspiring tales from birth professionals, and some tips and techniques for clearing your fears and stresses. If you would like to receive a free chapter from her book, then head over to fearfreechildbirth.com, where you can also sign up for her email series, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy. But now, it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. This is me, your host, Alexa Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, it was a little bit hit and miss whether I got today's podcast episode out the door this week because I've been completely overcome by technical challenges and physical challenges. I don't know if you heard, but Skype was down this week, so it completely kiboshed two interviews I was having with fabulous guests and then we resorted to other ways and they were still failing and then the recordings were terrible and it's like oh no I didn't know I, I wasn't sure I'd be getting out an episode and then I thought as I've been podcasting a while I really should you know sort my kit out and, and I thought I'd get a boom for my desk and a boom is basically like this long arm that reaches over the desk where I can sort of put my mic in so I was really excited to get a boom this week and so having migrated the microphone across then my pop filter which is like the little net thing that goes over the mic wouldn't fit because it was just kind of there was a different clamp that I needed and I don't know what was going on but basically I was running around the house and I needed something to kind of use as a filler so that the clamp would reach and hold it all nice and snug and thankfully I used Lego because I found some Lego and I also used a stamp of a little flower that my daughter uses in her art set and that is what's holding together my microphone today so today's episode is brought to you by Lego Anyway, enough of that. Now, before I go into today's episode, which is super, super fascinating, today I'm going to be talking about how your behaviour in pregnancy affects your baby. Now, we hear a lot about how our behaviour can affect our babies. And this episode is not about making you feel guilty for doing all the things that you want to do that are about what you want to do and, and always putting yourself second and your baby first. It's not about that at all. It's merely about helping you to understand a little bit more about the impact of your behaviour so that you can act a little bit more mindfully and consciously. We've talked a lot about conscious pregnancies in the last few episodes. A lot of guests have been talking about how to be conscious about your birth as well. So really it's about giving you the information so you can be informed and then act accordingly. How you then behave is entirely up to you. And if you're racked with guilt, that's I can help you with that. You know, let's not let's not leave you feeling guilty, right? So that is what I'm going to share with you today. Seven ways that your behaviour affects your baby during pregnancy. But before I go into that, I just have to say a few hellos 
to some of the listeners. So you might have remembered that last week's episode was dedicated to Alia, who was due any day. I've still not heard from Alia, so I don't know whether she's had her little baby. So if you're listening, Alia, we're still keeping our fingers crossed and we're behind you 100%. So good luck. Then I've had I've heard from Amanda, who's six weeks pregnant, and she is loving the podcast and is totally engrossed. And she wants to have her baby in a birthing centre. So she is... Well, you are ahead of the game there, honey. You are really getting in there, educating yourself, surrounding yourselves in positive birth stories by listening to the podcast. So you are on a great track and I'm sure you're going to be able to have your baby in a birthing centre. And then I've had Claire who's been in touch and Claire had her baby last week. How exciting. And she said she had a home birth, which was amazing. She said there was no pain for his actual birth. She was in a little bit of discomfort during labour. And the worst bit was just getting stitched at the end for a tiny graze. But there was no tearing, no drugs, no gas and air, nothing. She said it was all just amazing. And she had him at home. So she says a huge thank you for the brilliant podcasts and she loved the birth without fear and the head trash stuff. And they were definitely amazing tools that she used to set up the birth in her head and on the day. So um, for me, that just makes me so happy to know that what I'm sharing here on the podcast can help women have amazing birth experiences because that's what this is all about. And then finally, a quick hello to Tess, who's a student midwife whose baby is due in December. And I think she needs her man to get on board with the home birth. So she's going to be playing the podcast in the car. So if you're listening to this podcast in the car, hello, Tess's man. And you just be keep your ears open and listen to what she wants because this could be an amazing experience for you both to have your little one at home anyway enough of all the hellos enough of all the hellos and if you want me to say hello to you then just email me you know where you can find me it's alexia at fearfreechildbirth.com and you can send me an email you can contact me through the website you can come and find me on twitter our twitter name is a fearless birth all one word uh, that's where you can find us on Twitter. And also we've got a little tiny baby newborn Instagram account, which I need to give more love to. But there's also a, an Instagram account called Fearless Birthing. So you can come and find us. And of course, there's a Facebook group, you know, the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook group, where sharing lots of great content to help you stay in that positive bubble that you need to be in to have a fear free birth. Okay, so now back to today's show, which is all about these seven ways that your behaviour during pregnancy affects your baby. Now, like I mentioned in the intro, what I don't want to do with this is start making you feel guilty for the things that you might or might not want to do during your pregnancy. It is all about helping you to be more informed so that you can be acting mindfully and consciously during your pregnancy so that you can be doing the best that you can for your baby with what you've got, with what's available to you you know if you don't have some of these things or resources or time or whatever then you know there is no need to feel guilty and that is not what I want to do with today's episode so I'm going to start with the, the most guilty one that we could possibly think about here which is the smoking and drinking alcohol one okay which I know we all know that you know alcohol and smoking are bad for baby and one effect is that babies who are subjected to smoking and drinking mums tend to be underweight and this is probably due to the fact that alcohol and cigarettes are known to suppress their appetite. Now, I heard that a lot when I was pregnant. Oh, you know, it suppresses their appetite and, and we hear that they're underweight. And so you kind of, yeah, useful piece of information. Thank you. I'll just park that. But it, it doesn't really mean anything. But what I want to share with you is actually what is actually going on when you decide to ingest alcohol. Because when I read this, and I only read this a few months ago, and if I'd read this 
while I was pregnant. It would have completely changed that odd cheeky glass of wine that I ended up having when I was pregnant. And I didn't have a lot of wine because I just couldn't stomach it. I'd have like two gulps with my dinner maybe two times a week or something. And I just couldn't bear drinking anything more than that. Um, So it didn't, you know, I wasn't sort of drinking massive amounts, but I don't think I could have even drank that if I'd uh, really understood fully. But basically, this is what happens when you drink alcohol. It causes your baby to stop liquid breathing. Yes. What do I mean by liquid breathing? Well, babies don't breathe air. They're breathing the fluid that's in your amniotic sac, the amniotic liquid. And that's what they're using to sort of get their lungs and, and taking in all the goodness and stuff from you. So when you drink, they stop doing that. Now, this has all come from a piece of research where mothers drank a shot of vodka and in the lab, they noticed, I say in the lab, but under observation, they noticed that the babies stopped breathing the minute the mother swallowed the vodka. And they were only given a shot of vodka and the babies only started breathing again once the alcohol had cleared out of her system. So if you think that one shot or one unit of alcohol takes about an hour to clear out of your system, and obviously that's going to vary from woman to woman, but essentially you know, if you think you're maybe going to have a glass of wine, which is two units of alcohol, and then you might have another one, then you could be, your baby could be going without breathing for maybe four or five hours. And that just, oh my goodness, the thought of that happening, I just wouldn't have touched alcohol if I'd realised that's what that meant. You know, that kind of is quite scary, but that is exactly what has been discovered in some research. And who knows what kind of impact that has long term, you know, maybe if they stop breathing for a couple of times a week maybe that's that's not too bad but if that's consistent you're consistently drinking then what impact is that having on the baby and then smoking you know this makes them breathe faster so again it's that liquid breathing and maybe it's because they're trying to get more oxygen out of what's coming through and, and obviously your whatever you're taking into your system is diluted with the smoke so they need to breathe faster to get more of the good stuff so um yeah so that's going on and also there's suppression of their appetite so but i mean the, the alcohol thing doesn't stop there to be honest it's also quite damaging around the time of conception and so apparently if you're drinking around the time of conception that can also lead to an increase in the risk of malformations in the eyes ears lips and all, all that kind of stuff oh anyway so yeah suddenly like oh right okay maybe i need to be a little bit more sensible around those things now if you don't do any of those things then that's fine and that's the end of the scary stuff because you know i don't want to be talking about scary stuff but certainly uh when i realized that i was like goodness that really would have changed my own personal behavior around when i was pregnant now the next thing is this is what you eat now again i know we hear about diet all the time and we've got to eat super healthily and it's really important what we eat because baby needs all the good nutrients so i'm not going to really dwell on that because that's all been said before what I'm more interested in sharing with you is what's less likely to have been said before. Now, what's really interesting and some new studies that have come out around uh, is what mum was eating around the time of baby's conception. And there's a piece of research, a British study that took place in Gambia, which shows a massive difference between the babies born at differing times of the year and the impact that has, that has on their life expectancy. Now, the important bit of this study is this, is one of the key reasons in the difference was the diet available to the mothers. Because in that part of the world, they're living off the land. And basically, depending on what time of year it is, depends on what food is available for them to eat. And the babies with the longest lifespan were those that were fed on a diet of leafy green vegetables around the time of their conception. Whereas the ones that were raised on rice and grains and the much heavier foods, starchy foods, 
which resulted in much shorter lifespans. Now, there's another study, the, which is sometimes known as the Dutch hunger study or the famine study, which explores the impact of the famine that occurred in, for the Dutch in the Second World War on women that were pregnant during that. Now, if you want to read the results or a little bit more about that, I link to that as well in the podcast show notes. But the bottom line is this. If you're trying to conceive, then really you need to be thinking about having a healthy diet even before baby arrives, because the state of your body, the state of your mind, this, you know, what you're eating, all that stuff is contributing to the little baby that you're going to create. Now, the third thing on my list is this. It's what you listen to and what you hear. Researchers have found that babies start hearing at around about the 18th week. And by the 28th week, the baby is responding to sounds in such a consistent way that researchers are pretty confident that interactive hearing is taking place. That means that they're kind of acting upon what they're hearing, if that makes sense. And there's actually a story about a woman, listen to this right, she went to a heavy metal concert and her baby kicked so hard in protest that she had to leave the gig and she later discovered that she had a broken rib. Isn't that insane? And then there's another mum who shared a story that she had to leave the cinema when watching a film about the Vietnam War. And another mum complained of how having intense kicks while watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. What a classic that is. What a classic. So essentially, babies don't like loud, thumping sounds. They like calming, gentle sounds. You know, so this is kind of good to know. Maybe if you're going to watch that kind of stuff, put it on the headphones and baby can't hear it. Um, And also, what's also worth bearing in mind is what you're hearing, what you're listening to, that kind of stuff. If you spend time watching the news or soap operas or listening to music, anything like that, then whatever it is will be really familiar to them once babies have come out. And it can actually be that those things have a calming effect on your baby once they're earthside, once they're born, because they're so familiar with them, especially if it's things that you consume or listen to or watch when you're relaxing, because they associate that with a relaxed state and therefore it will help them to relax too. So it's worth bearing in mind when you think about you want a baby that's going to go to sleep and be calm, what kind of things are going to help you to do that and help them to be calm and, and get all sleepy and all that kind of stuff. So that can be worth bearing in mind. And then there's another really interesting story in that's shared in the book, The Secret Life of Your Unborn Child. And I'll be including links in the podcast show notes so that you can buy this book if you want, because it is absolutely fascinating. But a story shared in this book goes like this. A conductor shares how there was a certain piece of music that he was instantly familiar with on hearing it for the first time. And he later figured out that his mum was a cellist and she had actually practiced playing that music hours and hours on end while she was pregnant with him. So there's an interesting thing there around the memory of babies as well. They remember stuff. They remember sounds. They remember their experiences of when they're in your tummy. And this is just so fascinating. I don't know about you, but I find this stuff really, really interesting. Now, the next thing is this. What do you feel they feel? So if you're feeling anxious and fearful, so will they. And if you feel joy and happiness, well, they are going to feel that too. Now, I've touched on this already, which is a whole, one of the whole things around this podcast is really helping you to get rid of those negative emotions and really bathe yourself in the positive emotions so that you're able to marinate your baby in those positive emotions too, because all those positive emotions like joy, love and happiness are going to, that's the right environment for your baby to thrive and to grow and to be healthy and, and all those good things. But 
it's really I think it's worth dwelling on this point a little bit just as part of this podcast because you know if you're feeling if you're mostly feeling negative emotions then your baby's going to prepare themselves accordingly for the world from that perspective because they believe that they're about to enter a world that is fearful and stressful and on a physical note this means that they're growing in a more acidic and toxic environment because of your raised levels of cortisol due to the stress or the fear that is going to be circulating around your system and then that in turn is going to impact their growth and can lead to quite a number of health challenges. And there's quite a lot of evidence that shows that stressed and anxious mums are more likely to give birth to babies with eczema, asthma, hay fever, allergies, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And I know I've got all that stuff, or at least I had it all. And I know that my mum was super, super stressed when she had me in her tummy. And and I had the, I had all that stuff. And so this was one of the main reasons why I really wanted to understand and eliminate stress from my own pregnancy because I did not want my kids to have the eczema, asthma, hay fever, allergy thing because it's just a nightmare having that in your life. And if it means that I've got to de-stress so that they don't have it, then I was prepared to take that on. And actually, hey, being stress-free or being able to cope with stress much better is a great thing anyway, right? So uh, yeah, so what you feel, they feel. So just be aware that your own emotions, what you feel about stuff is being felt by your baby and to just think about that. And so very closely linked to this is the other point, which is what you think. Now, this might freak you out. I don't know, but they know your inner thoughts. Now, it doesn't mean that they think them, but they know them. It's almost like a radio for them. And this is uh, backed up by a lot of research from people that recount uh, their birth experiences, their, their time in utero during hypnosis sessions. And again, I can share a link to some books where you can read a lot more about this. But this is sort of, again, backed up by a lot of research. So babies will basically be aware of the kind of thoughts that you're thinking, the feelings that you're having, and that can almost form part of their own emotional blueprint, as it were, that they have to start off their life. And they might have to sort of undo a lot of that in their own lives. Now, just because they hear those thoughts or they're aware of them doesn't mean they adopt them. That's entirely, you know, that's a very difficult one to say one way or the other. But while I'm talking about this kind of stuff, I thought it'd be really worth sharing a story with you of somebody that I worked with recently. I had a mum that brought her little girl to uh, to me for some work and she's got a little three-year-old daughter and her daughter is or was a very fussy eater. And when she was presented with food at home, she would never eat it saying that she just couldn't. She couldn't eat it. I can't eat it. I can't eat it. But at nursery, she would eat but at home she wouldn't. So this was a very interesting scenario. So when her mum came, when, when the mum came to see me with a little girl and I had a little chat and one of the first things I asked her, just trying to understand that situation a bit better, was I asked her about her pregnancy. And I said, well, how was your pregnancy? And she said, oh, it's pretty good actually. Apart from the morning sickness, I was fine. I had a really good pregnancy. And I said, well, just tell me a little bit more about that, you know, about those thoughts that you're having typically in relation to your morning sickness she goes oh well I couldn't eat anything it was horrible it lasted ages but basically I couldn't eat anything I couldn't face eating anything and she just kept repeating to me that she couldn't eat anything and I was like well isn't that interesting that now your daughter is saying that she can't eat anything when she's with you but when she's at nursery she eats and so I'm just going to leave that with you I'm not going to say what happened there but isn't it interesting how a dominant thought that was present for the mum during a pregnancy is being sort of brought out in the in the open by her daughter in her presence because essentially the way I interpret that is that her daughter learned that 
the, in the environment that her mum is, you can't eat anything because it makes you sick. So therefore she doesn't eat anything. But for her, it feels safe to be able to eat things at nursery. And so, you know, this, and again, these aren't conscious thoughts. These aren't things that a child is deliberately doing. It's just, they're just acting subconsciously. This is stuff that's deep within her that has come as a result of bathing in those thoughts in her mother. So it's really important to realise that, you know, as, as a little baby in utero, that they're really picking up on these thoughts that are happening within your mind all the time. And that can have a lot to do, a lot of, that can impact the way that they turn out their little personalities, their little quirks, the little things that they like, the little things that they don't like. You know, you just don't know. So it really is the time to be really mindful about what is happening in your head. There really is nowhere to hide, I'm afraid. Now, there's another aspect to the whole, you know, your thoughts thing that I think is really important to shed a light on here because I think it's pretty important. Your babies inside your tummy will pick up on how you feel about them. So, for example, if your pregnancy is an accident as opposed to a deliberate act of conception, then they know. And particularly if early on in your pregnancy, let's say when you first found out that you were pregnant, you were shocked, surprised. It was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I didn't choose this. My life's going to get turned upside down. I don't want the baby. You know, that kind of initial panic that you might have that may only last a week or two or whatever it is, or maybe longer. But then maybe you come around to it, you get used to it, you you know, you have a chat with the other half and it's it's all okay and it's fine and and, and actually then you, you, you want the baby and it's, it becomes this wonderful, beautiful pregnancy that, that 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 is fine. I think, you know, depending on your journey, of course everybody's journey is different and, and where your head at is different. But I think it's really important to when the time feels right to you for you, is to say to your baby, to talk to your baby and say, I love you, I adore you, I want the best for you and I really want you in my life. I'm looking forward to having you in my life and having that kind of dialogue because when your baby is marinated in that love and desire, it's those emotions that create an environment that is going to allow them to thrive. And that is whether the baby is inside your tummy or outside your tummy. So bathing your baby in these positive emotions is really, really important. Now, the next thing I want to share with you is how you speak. Now, we've already talked about sounds and how they're really important for baby. But obviously, one of the most important sounds that your baby is going to hear is your voice. Obviously, right? Duh. And there's a guy called Dr. Alfred Tomatis. And he is a French hearing pioneer. And he explains that baby's ears are more attuned to high-pitched sounds than low-pitched sounds. And this is one reason why dads have got to make a little bit of an extra special effort to speak to baby. So that might mean like going up close to the bump, speaking a bit louder and clearer, maybe even raising the pitch of their voice just so that baby recognises them and their voice. But back to mum quickly. One thing that's worth bearing in mind is because your baby is hearing your voice all the time, Dr. Tomatis advises mums just to be aware of the impact that their voice might have on the baby. And so if you've got like a high, shrill or like an alarming voice, then your baby might even learn to dread your voice. And that would be terrible, right? So whereas like a calm and a soothing voice will be much more pleasurable for your baby. So, you know, maybe just think about the sound of your own voice and trying to, you know, just be mindful about it. Again, it's about being conscious and being about aware and being informed about these things. Now that you know, you can maybe raise your own self-awareness around what your voice sounds like and maybe ask a few people whether they think you're annoying or sound annoying <laughs> or maybe not. Um, anyway, uh, next, the next thing. The next thing is about what you say. So I've just talked about how you speak, you know, the nature of your voice. But the next thing is what you're saying. 
So given that your baby is aware of your thoughts and feelings, it's not too far a leap of faith to accept that they will actually understand you when you're speaking to them. But let me ask you this. Do you speak to them? Speaking to your baby is a really lovely way to connect and to create a bond with them. And I think the important thing to say is this, is when you do speak to them, assume that they do understand. Because if maybe you feel a little bit silly speaking to your baby, and I do hear mums occasionally say, I don't want to talk to my baby because I just feel a bit silly doing it. And it's funny, you know, I mentioned some of these books earlier on that share a lot of the research that comes out from how babies pick up on what their mums are thinking. And some people have reported saying that, well, I know that she was speaking to me and I know she felt silly doing it. You know, isn't that strange that that babies, they've got that level of awareness. So, you know, to know that they do understand means that you don't have to feel so silly and you can actually have a a very direct connection with them that isn't clouded by this sort of emotion that is, oh, I don't want to feel silly or this worry or this whatever it is that might get in the way and just talk to them heart to heart. You know, and you know, when you speak to them, it doesn't have to be out loud. You can speak to them in your mind because they can hear all that stuff too, right? You can just have a silent conversation with them. And, and that's just as important in crying, trying to create that connection with your baby. I know I used to speak to both of my babies while they were marinating in me because I believed that I was being listened to and understood. And when you're speaking to them like they understand, like they can hear you, it does add a whole new dimension to the dialogue. And I say dialogue because... As far as I was concerned, we were having conversations. It wasn't a one-sided affair because I would I would hear responses and I don't hear is the wrong word, but I would. Well, responses would kind of appear in my head and I I don't know how they got there, but I would definitely know that a response had been said and and I would hear it again. Using that word is strange. And maybe people are religious, maybe describe that feeling when they're saying they hear God or whatever. But certainly for me, I did feel that there was a dialogue going on with my daughters. And so I would certainly urge you to think about having a chat with baby, talking to baby regularly throughout your pregnancy. And I touched on this in last week's episode when, you know, in terms of preparing for the arrival in those imminent days before birth, you know, to chat to baby and say, hey, how are you? I'm thinking about you. This is going to be great. We're going to do fine. You can do this. I can do this. We are going to have a safe, smooth, lovely labour. It's going to be the most amazing experience for both of us. You know, that kind of dialogue can just be so powerful for both of you. So, I'm going to wrap it up here because today has been a longer episode than normal when it comes for me doing it on my own anyway. Normally I'm chatting with guests and we we do chat for quite a while, but today it's just me. So I'm going to wrap it up now. So I hope that this list that I've shared with you today is encouraging you to think about your behaviour during your pregnancy and help you to be more mindful and more conscious and more deliberate in the way that you behave so that you can bring about a positive influence on your baby, on your baby's growth and development and on your own pregnancy so that it can be the most amazing pregnancy possible and that you end up having clearly the most beautiful birth that you can possibly have too. Now, I'd love to know if any of these things on these li- on this list I've shared with you surprised you. Let me know what you think. Again, just email me at lexi at fearfreechildbirth.com and I'd love to hear your thoughts. And of course, if you're due soon, come and tell me how you're getting on. If you're due in a few months, tell me how you're getting on. I want to know what my listeners are up to. I'd love to know and I'll give you a mention on the show. So until next time, bye for now. Thank you for tuning in. 
You've just been listening to Alexia Leachman from the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, she'd really love it if you left a review on iTunes or Stitcher or shared it with a friend. And don't forget, to get a free chapter from her book, head over to fearfreechildbirth.com to get your copy, as well as finding other episodes in this podcast and more about how Alexia can help you with pregnancy and birth preparation coaching. Until next time.